the Breeze with Beverage Digest. I'm your host, Dwayne Stanford. This is where we bring you into the kinds of industry conversations that we have every day at Beverage Digest. We dissect what's happening, connect the dots, and ask the most important question, what does this mean? Today, I'm delighted to have our good friend John Sitcher back on the program to talk about the recent wild and crazy days of energy drinks. John has covered the industry for almost three decades. For much of that time, he was editor and publisher of this very Beverage Digest publication. Since then, John has consulted for companies including Coca-Cola and Body Armor. He's also served as an expert witness in beverage-related court cases. John, welcome back to The Breeze. Dwayne, very happy to be here. So, while the world during the past few years was consumed by the global pandemic, and rightfully so, people might have missed some pretty extraordinary times in the U.S. energy drink sector. Until 2020, the energy drink market was dominated by Monster Energy and Red Bull. But there was an up-and-coming player called Bang Energy, whose brash owner forged new ground in what became known as Performance Energy. Instead of just caffeine and taurine for energy and alertness, Bang promised to build muscle with ingredients like creatine. By late 2019, Bang had grabbed a head-turning 10 share of the energy drink category and captured the attention of executives at PepsiCo. At that time, PepsiCo was behind in the energy drink game. Coke was the global master distributor of hugely successful Monster, and Red Bull had its own massive distribution system at the center of its business. PepsiCo, meanwhile, distributed Rockstar, a brand that was flagging after years of underinvestment. But as the pandemic reached U.S. shores, PepsiCo made a couple of big bets to get back in the game. PepsiCo acquired Rockstar for almost $4 billion in March of 2020, and a month later, PepsiCo struck a blockbuster deal to distribute Bang Energy, which by that time had become the number three player in the U.S. It was a major coup. There was one problem, though. Bang was run by Jack Owick, the medallion-wearing, social-media-hungry owner who had a habit of filing lawsuits against his partners and picking legal fights with Monster founder Rodney Sachs. OWAC and PepsiCo were like oil and water. By December of 2020, OWAC had terminated the PepsiCo distribution deal without cause and sued PepsiCo. That divorce set off an extraordinary chain of events. Celsius by now had moved into Bang's vacated beer distribution system and had gained momentum. Now, They jumped to PepsiCo to take over Bang's now empty distribution slot, creating even more momentum for that brand. To keep up, Nutribolt C4, another performance energy up-and-comer, signed a distribution deal with Curry Dr. Pepper. All of this left Bang and Oet casting about for a new distribution network as the brand's market share faded. All the while... Bang was slammed with two massive court judgments at the hands of arch-rival Monster and Sachs that totaled hundreds of millions of dollars. It was too much to bear. Bang filed for bankruptcy late last year. OAK would be ousted in the process. Then, in a you-can't-make-this-up moment, Monster swooped in late last month to acquire the thorn in Rodney Sachs' side out of bankruptcy 
for $360 million. Now, Monster and its global partner, Coca-Cola, will distribute Bang alongside Monster Energy. Uh, the question now is, now that it's in the Coke system, you know, Monster owns it and it will be distributed by the Coke system, uh, can this brand get back to that previous, you know, 8 to 10, you know, share level that it enjoyed before? Uh, what do you see in that regard? You know, I think one thing that one has to basically take away from what's happened the last couple of decades is that it's one would be very foolish to underestimate Rodney Sachs and the monster and the monster management. Uh, he, they are very good at what they do. They're very focused. They're very aggressive, and I think that um, trying to basically manage several brands in the same category is very difficult. I think probably, Dwayne, if anybody can do it, uh, Rodney Sachs and that management team can. So I would think that we'll see probably over the next year or two at least some resurgence in share uh, for Bang. Whether it gets back up to that 8-9 level, I don't know. But I think, uh, I think Bang is going to be a player again in this category uh, in the next six months or a year. Talk to a number of bottlers in the Coke system. First of all, it's pretty clear they're excited about the brand. Uh, they're excited about having that alongside Monster. Um, I think what they see first is, you know, the brand needs to be stabilized, of course. They also recognize, or at least they've told me, that they believe that it also has a pretty strong uh, a core audience uh, to build on. So if they can stabilize it, uh, you know, say over the, the course of the rest of this year, maybe a little longer, they do see an opportunity to get back to in anywhere from a four to six share within about a year year uh roughly uh and then you know kind of see where it goes from there uh does that sound reasonable to you it does and you know it, it's a very attractive proposition i mean if you look at the, the if you look at categories and channels about 15 to 20 percent of carbonated soft drink business is in the convenience store channel conversely about 60 percent of the energy drink business is in the convenience channel that's very important because that channel is the, high, the highest price, it's the most profitable, that immediate consumption business is something prized by bottlers. And I think that's a really important thing uh, that we all have to remember about, about, about energy drinks. They're, they're, they're a huge presence in the convenience channel. Having more energy drink business, Dwayne, is just a great proposition for a bottler. And I would think the Coke bothers are probably going to, they'll be enthusiastic and they're probably going to do a great job with Bang, led by Sachs and his management team. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that Bang did, as I mentioned in the lead-in, was the fact that they forged this performance category, this performance sector, performance energy sector. And, and what you've seen then is brands like Celsius and any number of uh, you know, quote unquote, better for you, uh, natural energy drink brands kind of come in and draft off the space as well. I mean, you've got performance when it comes to sort of weightlifting and bodybuilding and things like that, athletic performance. And then you've got uh, more healthier for you energy, which has also come in really strong with Celsius. Um, I think, you know, one thing that I think is going to be interesting to watch is the fact that you know, Celsius was able to come in and capitalize on these missteps by bang. Um, and they've done 
a fantastic job of first of all just building a lifestyle brand around uh around celsius but also moving their into these distribution vacancies that happened and and being able to capitalize on that um you know you've had c4 which has come in with Keurig dr pepper and they've been able to kind of uh you know also get a little momentum based on that as well now you've got monster taking bang back into market and they're going to be you know as uh, uh, fairly aggressive with it, you would think, and it's in the Coke system. Does this mean that uh, Celsius and C4 are going to start to, you know, have a little more difficult road now that that, that this other competitor that has this strong uh, uh, base and this strong core audience, um, you know, are they going to be able to kind of keep the same momentum they've had previously? Yeah, it's a good question. I would think that it's going to be tougher. I would think that. Uh, bang under the monster leadership is going to be as tough, if not even a tougher competitor as they were, as they were before under the prior ownership. Uh, you know, as I said earlier, I think underestimating the abilities of Sachs and that management team uh, is it, 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 very foolish. And I think um, I would, I would think that within a year or so, Brands like Celsius will still keep growing, but Bang is going to be a much tougher competitor uh, than than it has been. You know, it has been since Bang ran into trouble. You know, another thing that's interesting about all this is you've got these more natural brands coming up. I mean, I've got a refrigerator full of things like Fit Aid uh, and other brands that are kind of pitching themselves as more of these lifestyle, better for you, energy drink brands. But the, you know, the big core brands, the green monsters and the, the you know, the energy brands that started all this, you know, 20, 30 years ago, they're still do, performing quite well despite the fact that this category has matured uh what do you make of that is it just a mature category that you know has room uh for a lot of different consumer uh type of consumers and they've just you know these companies have done a really good job of of uh you know creating uh new consumers in the space who come to the drink and new re- for new reasons what, what are you seeing there you know as I, I think a couple of things i mean first i think that i mean for many, many years, the energy drink category grew by um, existing consumers consuming more. You know, I've heard of some recent research that indicates that the energy drink category is now, household penetration is now growing. But, you know, sometimes pictures tell a pretty powerful story. So, we, we basically, we, we vacation in the summer out in a little town in Long Island called Quag. And there's a Safeway gas convenience store out there. And it's, it's, it's been under several ownerships, but right now it's under Safeway. And I've been going there for years and years and years to get gas, get a morning paper, etc. And not that long ago, the, the coolers basically were stock full of Coke and Pepsi CSDs. And the... The, corn, the, 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 the coolers at the right angle, the center coolers, were basically full of Coke, Sprite, uh, Mountain Dew, Pepsi. Today, Coke and Pepsi and their CSDs are off to the side. Those center coolers are now full of energy drinks, mainly Monster, Red Bull, some Celsius. It's a change ballgame. Uh, um, and I think, as you've said, as you've said, Dwayne, 
in many ways, energy drinks are becoming the new CSDs. And I, I just, I think this category and its various iterations are going to continue to grow and grow and grow. People love the functionality. Um, the, the taste of these products has improved. Um, there's a variety of these products now. I'm just very bullish in the future of this, of this category. I don't see, I don't see any slowdown in growth anytime soon. I mean, what we're, you know, back in the day, CSDs were all about uh, not only refreshment, but energy, you know, that afternoon pick-me-up. Uh, all, those were the things that people came to uh, carbonated soft drinks for and why that was such a broad category of consumers. And back in the days, you know, a decade ago, everyone was so concerned about the declining volume of carbonated soft drinks. Uh, but, but you know, the fact is uh, you still had carbonated soft drinks. They just went by a new name, and that was energy drinks and that offer all the same sorts of benefits. Um, but, of course, you know, then because they they did have kind of ingredients like taurine that people weren't as familiar with. They had this kind of, uh, you know, taste that was very particular to energy drinks. They didn't necessarily broaden out as quickly as or in the same way that a carbonated soft drink might. But as you pointed out, over the years, because we've got all these new forms of energy drinks and the, fl the taste has gotten uh, uh, refined and also there's many different tastes for many different consumer sets. I mean, you've got Celsius really appealing to women. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, college students who are drinking them as much for lifestyle now as they are to get through a, a night of studying. Uh, you've got this much broader consumer set now. But again, it's bubbles and it's functionality. So it really, uh, I really do believe it's sort of like uh, a lot of that volume that we saw, uh, you know, disappear from carbonated soft drinks really ended up going into energy drinks as well, which, you know, then it comes down to, you know, the largest companies that make carbonated soft drinks, how good at they are they at capitalizing on the energy drink category. And, you know, frankly, uh, that's been kind of a challenge in some ways over the decades. I mean, you've got Coca-Cola that doesn't really have its own energy drink. It's, you know, hooked up with, with Monster for a number of reasons. Uh, you've got PepsiCo who, you know, they own Rockstar now, but, you know, they, they're, they're big uh, uh, mover and shaker right now as a distribution deal with Celsius. I mean, that's been really interesting to watch, right? These, the big uh, carbonated soft drink companies not really have a brand of their own. You know, it goes, you know you're, you're right. And I'll tell you another story. When I bought Beverage Digest back in the mid-90s, um, the big soft drink companies were really terrified of caffeine. You know, their products all have caffeine in the colas, Mountain Dew, um, Sprite does not obviously, but a lot of their products have caffeine in them. They were very worried back then about negative blowback on caffeine. I remember a PR person at a large soft drink company asking me not to write too much about caffeine because he was afraid if it appeared too much in Beverage Digest, it would encourage states and the federal government to regulate it, force labeling requirements. So they shied away from caffeine. Lo and behold, in comes energy drinks, uh, the energy drink, drink companies, and they capitalize on caffeine and the energy functionality. So I think what happened was because of that concern the soft drink companies had for a long time, they focused on 
goes well with food, lifestyle, uh, and in came Red, uh, um, Red Bull and, and, and uh, Monster, and basically they promoted the functionality of these drinks. Consumers loved it. And the rest of the rest is history. It's it's a very 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 strong growth popular category now. You know, as you said, the irony is that the two biggest beverage companies in the world, Coke and Pepsi, really only play in distribution. Yes, Pepsi owns Rockstar, which is not done too well for quite a while. They distribute Celsius. Coke really does not own an energy drink brand. It distributes Monster. So, I mean, will the day come when Coke and Pepsi need to own high-functioning, high-performing energy drink brands? I would think yes, but we'll have to see. I mean, you raise a good point about the caffeine. I mean, for these large companies like Coke and Pepsi, there's a lot more risk in what they do because, you know, they're basically, they have a target on their back in a number of ways. Uh, so that's a lot of the reason you saw that, uh, there were a lot of the reason that played out the way it did. Um, but, you know, on the flip side, you've got the energy drink companies, which, you know, in some ways have kind of taken the whole caffeine issue head on. I remember, you know, a number of years ago when some regulators were looking at Monster over caffeine content, and there was a lot of media stories generated about, you know, whether these were dangerous for young people, especially, you know, when they're mixed with sugar. Uh, you know, Starbucks and Rodney Sachs came right out on earnings calls and pointed out the caffeine content versus a, a cup of Starbucks, and it was pretty compelling, and I think it did a lot to, uh, really kind of uh, at least cr- level set the conversation in a different way. And it is it has been interesting. I mean, wouldn't you agree the the amount to which we've had this uh, concern over caffeine because the caffeine levels are all over the place these days. That concern has you know subsided largely. Um, why do you think that is? I mean, we've we you know recently Prime has you know uh, gotten the attention of a of a prominent sen- senator uh, you know who's asked for uh, a look into their marketing, and a lot of that has to do with uh, you know just how they market and the in the the uh, the type of consumers, young consumers that gravitate to that brand. But why do you think that is that caffeine has now? is not sort of enemy number one anymore. Because I think consumers love it. You know, I think that one of the main reasons why the energy drink category is so popular is that, you know, the fun- the functionality in energy drinks gives you an immediate payoff. Uh, you know, if you drink orange juice, which is loaded with vitamin C, it's healthy, but you don't feel it. You drink an energy drink and immediately you feel the boost of energy from the caffeine. And I think that I think that the popularity of these drinks has basically caused the concern about caffeine to subside a bit. I mean, I just don't th- I think consumers are consumers want the caffeine, whether it's in, whether it's in a Starbucks coffee or whether it's in a monster Red Bull, they like it, and I think that has driven the popularity and probably caused uh, so- somewhat of the uh, 
decline in concern over caffeine. You know, another thing is it's almost as if the caffeine has been uh, overshadowed in a large way by some of the other ingredients. I mean, you had Bang, their big, uh, you know, their big push was the creatine, which, of course, there's a whole lawsuit that's kind of uh, uh, basically said that a lot of the claims around that uh, uh, weren't really accurate. Um, But putting that aside, uh, a lot of these brands, these energy drink brands now, they're not just relying on caffeine claims. They're relying on other ingredients that provide functionality. And so, you know, one of the interesting things about this category is the extent to which it has broadened beyond just sort of bro guys, you know, riding motorcycles and skiing and all the things that we remember back from the big days of Red Bull versus Monster. You've got now a this whole lifestyle uh, built around these energy drinks that really penetrate into college campuses and, you know, any number of just the lifestyles that college uh, students lead. I I don't think you can uh, overestimate the importance of that in terms of, first of all, just creating a broader set of competitors within this space. Again, I mean, my sample fridge is filled with FitAid. I've got Prime Energy in there. I've got Tap Out, you know, a new uh, uh, drink by some influencers. Um, This whole category is why open in sort of a similar way of sports drinks but a lot of that has to do with these companies really going after new consumers in the space you know it's no longer just construction workers or even office workers trying to get that afternoon pick up uh people are drinking these as sort of a badge badge brand too in the same way again we used to see csds uh you know grow their market share well you know look i think the growth you know the growth of these of monster and red bull has done something interesting when back in the late 1990s, energy, energy drinks were virtually unknown in the U.S. Um, and then somewhere in the late 1990s, early 2000s, Red Bull came in. Uh, Rodney Sachs and his team bought a, a juice company called Hanson's and, and basically transformed it into Monster. And back during those back, back in that era, Dwayne, as editor of Beverage Digest, I would get probably four or five samples of new energy drinks every week. Then what happened, it seemed to quiet down a bit and it became a two brand category, Monster and Red Bull. And there, was, there, were the, there were some others in there, but there was basically those, those two brands. And then two things I think happened. The growth continued and as you said, the the offerings in the category began to diversify and they attracted growth too. So you now have a category that went from a duopoly of Monster and Red Bull for some years to a category where you've got Bang and C4 and Celsius and others, not just knockoffs of Monster and Red Bull, but the, but the offerings themselves are diversifying. And as I said, I just think that the taste, the functionality, um, the good marketing of these brands, there's, there's years and years and years of growth ahead for this category. And, and, you know, and still, even with all these new entrants, you've still got Monster and Red Bull just by far dominating this market. And they are not backing down. That's been so fascinating to watch them really just do everything they can to innovate against these new up-and-coming brands. For instance, Bang Energy, it came along 
monster created rain and went rain energy and went toe to toe with them. Now they've got uh, rainstorm where they're going toe to toe with some of the uh, natural, better for you energy drinks. Uh, they've really monster. One of the the strengths of monster is not only their their ability to drive their brands and really get into the culture, but also to create a platform of brands that really go after all of these different need states and that also are able to thinned off some of these challenges. And I think that's one of the reasons why you've seen them continue uh, to stay on top of this. I mean, you've got, if I don't know, you know, if our listeners have looked at Bang's portfolio in a number of years, if they're not regular energy drink consumers, but I mean, they're in zero sugar, they're in juice, they're in coffee, they're in tea, they're in performance. I mean, it runs the gamut. So it's, it's I, I guess that's to say that You've got a couple of players that are just absolutely strong players at the same time that you have all this robust competition uh, from people trying to take share. And that's just really made for a very dynamic category, wouldn't you say? It has. And I think it, you know, it relates to, th- uh, to other, other categories and brands we've talked about in the past. And that is, I think that brands that are owned by companies and, and managed by management teams that only have to focus on one category or a few brands do very, very well. And, you know, I have a huge regard for uh, Coke and Pepsi, but, you know, their management teams have to focus on broad, broad portfolios of brands. You know, Rodney and his team, the, the Red Bull folks, the Bang folks, the Celsius folks, they have the luxury of focusing on energy drinks, energy drinks, and energy drinks, and investing behind the behind those brands. And I think basically that's an advantage. I think that the focus that those brands get is largely responsible for their success. You know, I'm tempted to say that you know Monster though couldn't have really reached the heights it did without you know, that Coke relationship, their global distributor. But when you look over on the Red Bull side, I mean, Red Bull's built its own distribution system, basically. They haven't done it with a big uh, global partner like a Coca-Cola. They've also uh, been much more, you know, less, I, I don't know if you want to call it less innovative. I mean, they do a lot of flavor work, but they stick to their lane pretty well with their core products and, you know, limited time uh, uh, summer offerings that are very successful. The two companies in a lot of ways have really forged very different paths. I mean, what do you make of that if you're, you know, a bang in, if you're like one of these other companies like Celsius or some of these other companies? I mean, what do you make of that? Do you do you have to have a big distribution partner to kind of pull this off? Or is it just, uh, you know, is there some other reason why these two companies have gone down different paths, but both been so successful? Look, I think you have to have a big distribution partner. And you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, a, a certainly a big contributor to a monstrous success has been its presence in the Coke system. However, it probably would have been would have been pretty successful had it stayed in the Bud system too. But the point I was making was that a brand stewardship is really important, and it's valued by bottlers and distributors. And I think that 
the energy brand companies have done a great, great job with brand with brand stewardship, brand you know, brand focus and brand marketing. And you know, I think that the the, the, the partnership of Monster and the Coke Bottomers is a win win for everybody. And but I do think you have to have again what I talked about earlier, so much of the energy drink business is in the um, immediate consumption channels and no one reaches those channels better than the Coke and Pepsi bottling system. Mm -hmm. So I think that having those kinds of partnerships are key to long-term sustained growth. So John, um, do you want to hazard a prediction here? You've got obviously, as we've said, Monster and Red Bull at the, at the at the top here in the energy drink category in the u.s especially um and then you've got celsius number three they've taken that spot from bang but now bang is in the is back with monster and is with monster and in the coke system um what do you think happens here is bang able to come back and take that number three slot uh or do you think celsius is going to be able to continue to sort of outpace and stay ahead of the game on that we can have one of our one dollar bets again Wayne. i think that uh I think Bang is going to basically re re regain that slot. I just think that um, a combination of, um, look, I think the Coke and Pepsi systems are both great at distribution. Again, under underestimating the monster management would be a mistake. Um, I think uh, I think Bang is going to have a resurgence under the monster ownership. What about C4? Where, where do they end up in all of this? You know, C4 probably stays in that four or five slot. They mean good brand, but again, I think that I, I think that Monster and Red Bull, at least for the intermediate future, are going to continue to dominate this category. And I think Bang is going to be Bang is going to be a contender. So will Celsius. And I think I, I, we'll have to see how it plays out. But I think that. As I said, I think Monster and Red Bull will continue to dominate. Yeah, I, I don't know if we disagree here, John. I think um, Bang, I think it, from all we know now in terms of the energy that you're hearing from uh, Coke bottlers, uh, the fact that uh, Monster has already come out in a recent earnings call, and as we've written about with some pretty specific, uh, you know, really getting to some nitty-gritty on how they want to position that brand within the portfolio, I think all of that means that they are going to, you know, put a considerable effort forward so I, I do think there's uh, an opportunity uh, for bang to you know move back towards that number three slot and I do think it's going to get harder for Celsius at the same time you know PepsiCo and Celsius I mean everything you're hearing out of that relationship has been very positive Celsius is uh, you know growing in the convenience channels now getting placements that, that it didn't have prior to the Pepsi system so I, I think it's going to be an all-out battle for that number three space and I, I agree with you I think Bang has a again based on what we know now has a shot uh, at you know getting back there or at least making a one heck of a battle so of course we'll we here at beverage digest are going to be watching it quite closely and, and can't wait to see how it plays out and we'll let everybody know as it moves along but i do appreciate you being with us here today to, to talk about this it's uh, quite a dynamic and interesting category john so again thanks so much my pleasure great
The Breeze is produced by Beverage Digest. Visit our website to learn more about our products and subscribe to our newsletter. That's www.beverage-digest.com. 